0: in by Pastor Mario about talking about living in today and uh, just even being in this service. You know, right now we could be thinking about tomorrow. We could be thinking about today in the morning. We could be thinking about next week. There's so many things we can be thinking about, but God wants us to focus on him right now. Amen. And we've been challenging you guys coming into church to, to put everything outside of the church and the service and your life away, put it, put it, leave it in the car, leave it, leave it at the house, and come open-minded and ready to receive what God has for us, amen. If we're thinking about other things, it's not going to work, but if we'll focus on Jesus tonight, He'll do an amazing thing. So as you look at this, how many, how many know, first of all, off the bat, without getting your phones and Googling it, how know what if the word immersed means? Well, I'm trying to help you out with the, the great graphic there. It means to be totally, totally in. Okay, totally surrounded. So we need to be immersed in God. Okay? Now, there's, there are people who say they believe in God, and that's great, but we need to be immersed in God. Amen? And so the definition of, of immersed is this. Now, we know physically it's to dip or submerge in liquid, and, and, and we believe in the Bible here, uh, in baptism, water baptism, we believe in dunking them. Amen. We believe in putting them under and keeping them down until they're, until they're saved. Amen. Making sure they don't come up until they're dead. Sp- spiritually alive but physically dead. Amen. I mean, other way around, right? Other way around. Physically alive but spiritually dead. We'd have a lawsuit on our hands. Amen. How many in this place have been water baptized? Let me see your hand. Water baptized all across this place. Praise God. How many have not been water baptized? Let me see your hand. Water baptized. Okay, got a young lady here, young man back there, another one over here. We're going to have baptism next month. Okay, so get ready for that, we're going to get you baptized in water. We're going to trust God, amen, and see God move in that. And if you haven't been baptized recently, let's do that. But here's the thing. That's what it is physically, but listen to what it is, spiritually speaking, to involve oneself deeply. Now, how many know there are people who are believers or say they're Christians, and they're not involved deeply in the things of God? They're they're Sunday Christians. They may even be Wednesday Christians, but they're not Tuesday Christians. They're not Thursday night Christians. They're not Saturday night Christians. How many know God doesn't want some of us? He wants all of us. He wants us to be totally immersed in Him. And so it's it's involved deeply in a particular activity or an interest. So we're going to look at John chapter 13. And I began to think about this. And, and this story, and, and this came to my mind in my spirit when I began to think about this. And Peter is talking with Jesus here. And we're going to pick up in verse 1. And we're going to see a little bit of the character of God. And I want you to notice something here in the first couple of verses. It says, now, before the feast of the Passover, we know that's when Jesus was going to go and, and, and give his life. And, and, and he was going to shed his blood on the cross. It says, Jesus knew that his hour had come. And he should depart from this world to go to the Father. And watch this, having loved his own who were in the world. And I want you to focus on these next few words. It says he loved them, leave that up for a second, he loved them for a while. He loved them most of the time. What does the Bible say Jesus loved? To the end. I want you to understand something tonight. Watch this, whether you make it to the finish line or not, Jesus is at the finish line waiting for you. Y'all kind of got that over here. And whether you get to the finish line or not, Jesus is at the end finish line waiting for you and calling you to come home. Amen. You got to make the choice to get. Jesus went to the end. He got to that cross and he said it's finished. And he went all the way. He immersed himself in you. Dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead and finishing the course and paving the way. And now we need to be like Jesus. And we need to make it to the end. And it says, verse 2, and supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments took a towel and girded himself that means he put it around this part of his body and pulled up the, his 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 uh the part of his clothes down here and after that it says he poured water into a basin began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded so he humbly begins to wash his disciples' feet and then he goes to peter and it says, he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? You're going to wash my feet? And Jesus answers and says, listen, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will after this. And Peter said, you will never wash my feet. You'll, you're not going to do it. And Jesus says, if I do not wash you, You have no part with me. How many understand tonight that if we're not washed in the blood of Jesus, there is no salvation? There is no other way to heaven, amen, than being washed in the blood of Jesus. He's the only one that can cleanse you from your sins. He's the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life, amen? He says, if I don't wash you, you cannot be clean. How many know the world and and even people in church try to get washed in other ways? He says, if I don't wash you, it's not going to work. You have no part with me. In other words, Jesus is saying, do it my way. Do it my way. I'm telling you what to do. And then Peter has a revelation right here that causes him to have a spirit of immersion. He says, Lord, okay, if that's what you mean, not only my feet, but wash my hands and my head, Lord, wash all of me. Lord, I give you every part of my body. I am all in. How many people do I have here tonight that can say, I'm all in? I'm all in. Amen. I'm not, I'm not three quarters in. I'm not half in. I'm not 90% in. I'm all in. Let me give you something that's truth tonight. If you don't go all in, you won't make it. You will not make it. We are coming to a time in this in this world where it's going to be two choices. You've got to be all in. If you're if you're riding the fence, you're not going to make it. You've got to be immersed in God, totally covered, totally immersed. When we do this, listen. When we immerse ourselves in God, in His kingdom, in His call, we don't have. We don't. Sorry, we don't leave open doors that are lacking commitment okay how many know that we as people can have a lack of commitment now I'm not just talking about in the church but it's important one thing we got to understand is God said one of the ways you show me that you love me is through people so this is a this is practice ground if I if I'm if I'm not committed even to my church how can I say I'm committed to God and so there's a, there's a door that we can leave open. If, if I say, God, I'm, I'm all in, but I'm holding back this one little part. This, you can have everything but this one thing I can't quite give to you. God says, I don't want it at all. You know that? He says, I don't want it at all. He's not a, a three-quarters God, a 90% God. He's an, he's, he said there to Peter, if, if you don't let me wash you, you can't have any part of me. It's got to be all in. It's got And so that's when he goes, okay, Lord, then n- not just the feet. Wash my head, wash my hand. I, I, I'm all in, God. I'm all in. That's the attitude God is looking for in us tonight. Amen? And so we don't have to deal with that lack of commitment if I'm all in. And we look back at that verse 1 again where he said, Jesus loves us to the end. I want you to pray with me. Father, right now I'm asking that you touch our hearts. I'm asking you touch our minds. I'm asking you arrest our minds tonight for a few minutes. God, get our attention. Show us tonight that there's nothing in this world more important than you. Nothing more important in this world than your, than your kingdom. Nothing more important in this world than living for you, than living a righteous life. Then, then, then doing everything we do in this world to glorify your name, that people would believe on you and that, Lord, we would be sold out to the things of God. I pray that every spirit of lack of commitment, every spirit of, of, of halfway or, or laziness or anything that comes against us or busyness, God, would be moved out the way tonight and we would be immersed in your presence and in your power and in your will and in your call. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So Jesus loves us to the end. So we need to love Jesus to the end. We need to make a commitment. Now, here's, here's something I want to make clear. We, why, why is there, maybe you've wondered this, why is there such a lack of commitment today? You don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you've wondered, why is there such, a, and just generally across the board, not just even in church, but just in the world, why is there such a lack of commitment today? I've got, I, th- I believe I've got an answer for you. This generation that we're living in, maybe the last 20, 30 years especially, has too many choices. Too many choices. Right? Y'all, y'all with me? There's just too many choices. Uh, you know, th- this weekend, Jose and, and Brianna are going get, to get married on Saturday. He's already down there and, and getting cold feet, amen? He nervous as all get out. And, and they're going to do vows, And they're going to say the words, for better, for worse. For rich or for poor. In sickness and in health. And they're going to say the words, till death do us part. But how many know today, in the generation we're living in, those words don't mean much anymore. Till death do us part don't mean much anymore. Uh, to, for rich or for poor don't mean much anymore. In sickness and health, those vows don't mean anything because we live in a generation where pe- we, people don't get, th- get things fixed anymore. They just get a new one. Right? Let me, let me, if you don't believe this, listen, stay with me. Listen to these stats. In the early 1900s, this is astounding. You don't think things have changed. In the early 1900s, out of every thousand people that got married, every thousand marriages, less than 1% Ended in divorce. Did you, are you getting that number? A thousand couples got married. And in 1900s, less than one. Not, so not even one couple got divorced. Not, and number wise. Not one. It's 0.9% of the marriages ended in divorce. By the 1950s, it was up to 3%. Just still really low. Now, zero is better. But how many know what I'm saying? So out of a thousand marriages, only three got divorced. Now I'm not saying those three are good. I'm just saying that that's a that's a wait. Wait till you see, realize this: that today, one out of every two marriages ends in divorce, and we don't think something's happening. Why? Because there's so many choices. I got so many choices. Back in in the good old days, so to speak, you didn't have a choice. You worked it out. Now, I'm not talking about the biblical reasons, which is obviously death and, and adultery, but I'm talking about you worked it out. They worked it out. And sometimes they went to the extreme. My dad used to tell me, and I met the guy of an aunt and uncle that he had, that they were married for 50 years, and for 40 of them, they hated each other. But they would not get divorced. So they lived in separate ends of the house. True story. They, did, they hated each other. I met the guy. I didn't meet her, but I met him. And he said, this is my uncle. And they've been married for 50 years. They will not get divorced, but they've hated each other for the last 40. And they live in two separate parts of the house. Why? Because when they took their vows, it meant something. And they said, you know what? We don't like each other anymore, but we made a vow. So we're not going to get divorced. In times past when something was broke, I said it again, "We took it to get fixed. Today we just go trade it in or get a new one, right? Because there's so many choices. Listen to this. Here's another example. Today, we have over 200 streaming options. 200 different ways that we can watch things on TV. I'm not talking about 200 channels, it's 200 streaming devices. So. If you've ever heard of Hulu, you know what Hulu is. You, you know what Netflix is. You know what Roku is. Those are devices. There's over 200 options today. What in the world? We are bombarded with choices. You, you, go, you go to look for food. You know why we can't ever decide on a restaurant? Because there are too many choices. One of the biggest problems in marriage is trying to decide on a restaurant. Where do you want to go? I want to go where you want to go. No, there is no restaurants. You realize there's like 8,000 restaurants in Dallas-Fort Worth? 8,000. Right here in Denton, there's probably 1,000 restaurants. So it's a, it's, it, you would think that would be a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's bad because there's too many choices. Remember growing up? You went to go get cereal? Mom would say you want the, the sugar kind or the good kind. Right? I mean, it was pretty much that. You had the, your cornflakes and your you know, nasty cereal or you want something sweet. Now there's thousands of boxes of, of choices of every flavor. They, they, there was some statistic about the baby boomers that they'll go into a store and if there's too many options, instead of choosing one, they just won't get it. And it says that say if there's more than six options, they just won't get it because most things have 20 options. So you go to the store to get some jelly and you just go, hey, I'm just going to get some jelly. And you walk in and which jelly? Well, grape. Okay, which kind of grape? Right? Because there's 20 different kinds of grape. And there's 25 different brands. There's too many options. You want low calorie, no calorie, full calorie, half calorie, all calorie, gluten free. I mean, you can go on and on. There's too many choices. And I'll end this little example even with the Bible. There's even too many choices with the Bible. Believe it or not, I'm not that old. When I would read the Bible, get, when I first got saved, I had a Bible, just one. It was a King James. And honestly, at that time, 25 years, 28 years ago, I can't believe next month's 28. I stuck on 25. At that time, honestly, there was the NIV and maybe the English Standard Version. And if you wanted that version, you had to go buy the Bible. Now, on your app, in your phone, there is... There is 60 different versions. 60. Just versions. Not translations. Versions. And then there's about 6,000 translations. And this is a good part in all the languages in the world. Thank God. That's a good thing. But how many get what I'm saying? You, 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 you have so many choices that it makes it difficult to commit to something. Because, because God is... That's, if you've ever heard teaching, the teaching says... Christ is the center. Cornerstone. The, 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 the most important thing, it's all about Jesus. I came up here and I said, it's all about Jesus. Today, there's so many options that we can get pulled off what really matters. Like Pastor Morrow said, we can get pulled off what's right in front of us. And listen, I want to say this with all clarity and truth tonight. The truth is, Jesus expects our commitment. Amen? How many believe Jesus expects our commitment? If you don't, I'm going to give you a verse so you'll see it. He expects our immersion. And I'm going to to add something to that. He deserves it. He He doesn't just expect it. He deserves it. I want to get to the place where, watch this, I'm immersed in God, not because I know I should be, but because I want to be. Because I choose Jesus every day. Every day when I wake up and there's 50 different kinds of creamers and 50 different kinds of coffees and 50 different kinds of cereals and 50 different kinds of television things I can watch and 50 different distractions, I want to wake up and I want to make a statement to God and to the devil and to myself. I choose Jesus today. I choose Jesus. I am going to immerse myself in Jesus. I I want to to be guilty of being too much about Jesus. All he ever talks about is Jesus. All he ever thinks about is Jesus. All he ever says is Jesus. Yes, guilty. I want to be guilty of that. I want to be totally immersed because Jesus deserves it. Matthew chapter 10, look at this, verse 37. It says, he who loves father or mother more than me. These are some strong words. Is not worthy of me. Now, not too many people can speak like this, but Jesus can. Are you, are you reading what I'm reading here? He who loves me, father or mother more, doesn't mean he doesn't want us to love our father or mother. He says, he who loves them more is not worthy of me. He's basically saying, if you are not immersed in me, you are not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not, you've heard this before, he who does not take his cross and follow me, follow after me, is not worthy of me. Come on, look at the person next to you and say, it's all about Jesus. Amen. It's not worthy. He says, you're not, if you love somebody else more, you're not worthy. Why? Why, why is he able to say that? Because he loved us to the end. He loved us to the end. One of the things you've got to grasp tonight as a believer in Jesus Christ is understand that He did did not die for you because you were going to believe in Him. He died for you because He loved you. Whether or not you make it to the end, He loves you no less and no different. And He wants you to make it to the end. He who endures to the end shall be saved. If you're in here tonight and you're making it, praise God. Keep making it. But don't allow yourself to get out of this immersion with God. Don't allow this world. This world's going to pull on you. This world's going to pull on you. All the things we can talk, they, just gave some, they can pull on us. Pull, pull, pull. You've got to pull back. You've got to ground yourself. I cannot tell you enough how much you need to be in the Word, how much you need to be praying, how much you need to, be, you need to keep your focus on the Lord, how much you need to keep your focus on Jesus, because there's a lot of pulls. And Jesus is not going to change it. How many know he's not going to change his words? He says, he who finds, this is, this is the immersion part I want you to say. He who finds his life, meaning he who puts his life more important than God, will lose it. But he who loses his life, or he who immerses himself in me, will find it. So God says, and listen, I'm just preaching something to the choir. I know we supposedly know this, but we got to remind ourselves. Has anybody read the end of the book? He says, I don't want you lukewarm. I can't have you on the fence. Either be hot or be cold. I would be bold enough to tell you tonight, if you're not going to immerse yourself, go go do your thing. Go do your thing because you can't get there playing around and walking the fence because Jesus says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I will spit you out of my mouth because I can't handle lukewarm. I don't do lukewarm. I do all in or all out. And he says, if you want to be all out, go ahead. There's a world out there for you. And you can have your fun for a season. But God says, if you want to be on my team, you better be all in. A hundred percent, all the time, all the way, all Jesus, no going back, no looking back, no turning around, immersed in God. Listen to this. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do. Watch this. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in wears off. Right? We commit to a lot of things out of emotions, And a lot of times, at the altar, we, "Oh, Lord, I'll serve you all, I'll live for you, I'm going to do this for you." I, and, we, and we make a commitment, and we don't take it serious enough sometimes, and listen, I'm not up here. Uh, telling you I got it all together and I'm perfect. I'm not. I'm far from perfect. We're all far from perfect. But 28 years ago on October 4th when I cried at that altar and I said, Jesus, I'm yours. I have not turned back from him for 28 years and I'm not going to turn back now. I'm going to keep serving Jesus. Amen. Because I am all in. How many are all in tonight? This world has nothing for me. And so I can't forget that if, if, if options come my way, Options come my way, because there's always going to be options. Options to quit. I I didn't even mention how many options there are for churches. Right? You can be in your bed and watch 55 million church services tonight. You go through the whole night watching church. But my thing is, who are you going to call when you're sick? Who are you going to call for counsel? Who are you going to call to come bury your child? Who are you going to come to the hospital and visit? you in the hospital. You can't call that online. They're not going to answer unless you've got some money. Right. So there's so many options, but I can't forget that even though I was in a good mood then and I'm not in a good mood today, I committed to Jesus and Jesus already committed to me. And so commitment, I'm going to say this one more time, means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Come on, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to help you. I want us all to be in heaven. I want us all to make it. Amen. I want to, I can't speak for you, but I want to lose myself in Christ. I want to be so caught up in him. And you know, so, You can get caught up in a lot of things in this world that aren't going to give you any value, but you cannot go wrong when you get caught up in Jesus. I'll, I'll write this down if you're taking notes. I want to die to my options. I want to die to my options. I want to admit that there's options. There's things I could choose. There's different paths I could take. There's different things I could do. But I died to those the day I gave Jesus my life. What did Paul say? I don't have it in my verses, but he said, It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. We, we don't understand enough. It, 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 that, that's kind of the, you know, the picture of water baptism is, is that great symbol of when you're standing in that water and you're about to go down and get on your knees to go back and be, or to put your feet out to be baptized. That's that picture of Jesus on the cross. And then when you go down into that water, that's that picture of Jesus being buried in that, gro- in that, gro- in that grave. And then when you come up, it's that picture of Jesus coming out of that grave. Amen? And the old man stays in the water. Amen? The old man stays in the water. How many know we need to put our old man to death? Over and over and over and over again. Because as a matter of fact, Paul said, I'm just going to quote Mr. Apostle Paul. He said, I die daily. Not Sundays, not Wednesdays, not Thursdays. He said, I die daily. I want to die my options let's look at Matthew chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7 many of you will know this verse once you see it chapter 7 verses 13 to 14 he says he says enter by the narrow gate see this isn't being preached today because we have so many options so many options and everybody's right how many know that everybody can't be right there's only one truth And only one person in the history of this world has had the power to truly say, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Many people have said it, but you know what? All the other people that tried to say it, they're still in the grave. They're still dead. Jesus is alive. He's alive today. How many know he's alive today? Is he alive today? Is he alive in you? He's not dead. We're not at a funeral. We're celebrating what Jesus did for. He's alive. So he says, he says, "If you want to follow me, understand that the way to me is narrow." For wide, this is where I bring in the word options. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. He says there's many options to death. Many options. Many, many ways to die. There's even a movie. A million ways to die. Don't know anything about it, but I know that was the title. Right? There's lots of ways to die. Y'all get that? Lots of ways to die, but only one way to live. And that's with Jesus That's sold out, immersed totally all in with God. And he says, his words, Because narrow and few are the options. I'm just trying to to get us to understand in 2020 what this means. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And few there find it. Why? Why do few find it? Not because it can't be found, but because there's so many options. But How many know if we would keep our minds right and and our eyes on Jesus, those options would not even come into play? No, that's not an option. No, 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 Dev. What are you trying? To, what are you trying to say? You're wasting your time. I'm not going with you. I, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm, I, he loved me to the end. I'm going to meet him at the finish line. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish this race. As I begin to close, listen to this. That, that's, that's what I, I asked you if you are going to get baptized. That's why I asked you because and, and, and when you've been baptized. A lot of times we don't really realize the symbolism of it. Power of getting baptized and what it means. The symbolism of, of what it means when we went down into that water. Romans 6 4 says, we were buried with him through baptism into death. So if you believe in Jesus Christ tonight, you've died. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we should walk in newness of life. Amen. Isn't that a powerful verse? He says, we were buried with him through baptism in the death. So that means if he died, I'm going to die. But thank God, he didn't stay in the grave. He came out of the grave. Amen. And because he lives, I'm going to live. And he says, I'm giving you a newness of life. Now, here's something. I know know we, we, we sometimes like a lot of options because our flesh likes options. But how many have learned? Has anybody in this place yet? And if you're young, it might be harder. How many have learned simple is better? Has anybody learned that? I know that all the people who are a little bit older, can, I hate to say I'm older, but I just have learned simple is better. Right? Less is more. And sometimes we want all, but see, there's confusion in all that. There's been a lot of confusion in all that. Just 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 tell me, Jesus, what I'm supposed to do. And, and what I love about Jesus is he really did make it simple. How many are thankful? Is anybody thankful that there's not a thousand ways to get to God? Can, can, you, can we just be real? I'm really glad. Because I would be very probably hard-pressed to choose the right one. If there's a thousand ways to get to God, and we play Russian roulette with our eternity, well, I hope I chose, you know that's what all these religions are doing? They're hoping they're good enough. They're hoping their righteousness adds up. They're hoping that their their, their good's better than their bad. They're hoping. Thank God, Jesus said, listen, the way to me, I'll give you newness of life, but it's narrow. It's narrow. It's not very big. It's not very shiny. It's not very bright right now. He says, but if you can just make it through this life and, and immerse yourself and submerge yourself in me, and hide yourself in me. I'm going to get to that right here as I close. Hide yourself in me, Colossians chapter three. Listen to what this is, verse one. Hide yourself. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. When Christ, sorry, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And here's the key. How do we do this, Pastor? Set your mind on things above. So, watch this. Look at me for a second. We'll go back to the verse. When there's all these options in front of us, guess what we do? Look up. All these, they're all right here at our level. He says, Look up. Keep your eye on me. If we we keep our eyes up, set your minds on things above, then all these things around here won't confuse me. We, let's be honest, we get caught up with all this stuff here. We get entangled. We, we get pulled. We get, we get weighted down. So many verses, like we get pulled in. He says, set your mind on things above. Not on things of the earth. So he's saying, down here on this plain, on this level ground, he, don't look there, look up. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hidden. You know what I love about that verse? It kind of, kind of reminds me of being protected from the enemy it kind of reminds me of of that lion roaring seeking whom he can devour but he can't see me because I'm hidden in Christ amen I'm hidden I'm submerged I'm immersed I'm all in I don't have my head sticking out I don't have my arms I'm not a target because he can't see me how many know when he sees Christ he runs if he sees us he's coming Isn't that what the Bible says? Am I reading the right Bible? He seeks whom he may devour like a roaring lion looking. But if he can't see me, he can't get me. Why can't he see me? Because I'm hidden in Christ. I'm immersed. I'm covered. I'm all in. I'm not playing games with the world. I'm not dancing with the world. I'm not on the fence. I'm not in one day and out the other. I'm not putting myself out there to be attacked. I'm where, where's Blake at? He, I haven't seen him for a long time. Hopefully, they haven't seen me for 28 years. Hopefully, in the spiritual world, I've been. Where's he at? I don't know. He's, he's, he died to this world. We got to die to this world. Listen to this last quote The weakness, oh, this is so good. The weakness of so many modern Christians. If you don't get anything else out of this message, would you get this? The weakness of so many modern Christians, is that they feel too much at home in this world. Let that, let that marinate for a second. That's the weakness. You're pulled. You're pulled. There's, there should be no pull. You should want nothing to do with this world. If you're hidden in Christ, those things don't even pull on you. They're not even, I don't even, that, doesn't even that doesn't even attract me. I want Jesus and Jesus alone. In the last verse, for if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Lord, I thank You tonight for Your blood. Oh, I thank You that I am cleansed with the blood immersed in Your love, immersed in Your forgiveness. I'm all in, Jesus. Only You, Christ alone. You're the cornerstone, Father. You're everything to me tonight. I die to myself. I die to my options. Lord, those things that are calling me from the past, maybe even those things that are calling me in the future, those things that are calling to me on the left or the right, I'm not looking at them, Lord. I'm putting my eyes up on You. And I'm keeping my focus on heavenly things. Things that are going to matter. Things that are going to matter, Father. Things that are going to be eternal. Things that are going to last forever. Church, I know we have hobbies. I know we have things we do for entertainment. I, I know those, there's things, th- those are things that happen. Those are, there's, there's a lot of things that are okay. They're, they're not sin, but is your mind on things above? Don't allow this world to pull on you. Immerse yourself in God. Immerse yourself in praise and worship. Immerse yourself in the Word. Immerse yourself in prayer. Immerse yourself with friends and and, and people around you in the church who want the same goal, which is to make heaven their home. You get around somebody who doesn't want that, get away from them. Don't hang around with those people. Those people will corrupt you. Get around people who want to make it. People who have the same common goal. That want to be immersed in the things of God. How many tonight in this place, and watching online when when this is made uh, available, could say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. As the, as you read there in that scripture, I have not chosen the narrow gate. I've been. I believe that God is real, but I haven't chosen the narrow gate. I haven't made a commitment. I haven't immersed myself in the things of God today. Tonight, I want to do that. Today is the day, as Pastor Mario said, of my salvation. Today is the day. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's tonight. How many across this place could be honest and say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me tonight. That's me. I need to make that decision. I need to make the narrow gate my path. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over. All over. I see your hand. Young young children, there's, a t- there's an age when young people make that choice. and They say, I need that. See that hand. Amen. Let's stand tonight all over this place. I know we want to do the right thing. Let's do it. Let's immerse ourselves in God. Maybe you're playing the fence. Maybe you're being pulled. You've opened up some doors. I want want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. You've opened up some doors. You shouldn't have opened. But you already did. Listen to me closely. You who needs to hear this. Just like you opened it, you can shut it. Tonight. Sometimes we think I opened up a door and, and now I've got all these consequences that are happening. there may be some consequences you've got to deal with. But the truth is, you op- just as you open that door, you can shut it right now. Shut it. Shut the door. And say no more. No more, God. I'm not playing with that no more. I'm not messing around with that anymore. I'm not going to walk the fence anymore. I'm not choosing those options anymore. I'm not going that path anymore. I'm choosing the straight and the narrow. I'm, to, I'm going the right way today. Today, tonight's my moment. I'm, I'm shutting that door that's not God. And I'm choosing Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. I'm setting my hand, my eyes on things above Tonight, we're going to open up this altar. i want to say a, a, a salvation prayer first, and then we're going to open up this altar, and we're going to do some business with God. We're going to make sure that we are immersed in God. I want you to repeat this after me for those listening online, listening on the podcast, those that maybe didn't raise their hand, but I wish you would have. If you're, if you're ashamed, don't be ashamed of Jesus. But say this with me tonight. Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God that you came down from heaven, you lived a perfect life, and died a perfect death. And on that cross, you finished by giving up your life and becoming the ultimate sacrifice for my salvation. I accept that. And I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ and Jesus alone is Lord. You're the way, you're the truth, and you're the life. And I'm coming unto you, Father, through Jesus. Forgive me tonight for all my sins. And make me a new creation. Give me a newness of life. And tonight, even though it's words, I commit. And I'm going to remember this commitment every day. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank God for salvation tonight. That we can say that prayer this side of heaven.